Uh, let's start with uh, verse 9 of chapter 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. That we through his poverty might be made rich. Uh, when I was a little kid, I was very blessed. I was born again at about four years old, uh, but I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost until about 21 years old because I didn't know that that was available. That's available. So once I found it was available uh, and then the Lord led me into it, I received. I, 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 I uh, knew next to nothing about it, <laughs> but I knew there was a stirring in my heart, and so uh, I responded to the same spirit that I responded to when I gave my heart to the Lord. And uh, he was moving on me to receive, like he had moved on me to receive salvation, he moved on me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, wow, what a generous gift. He gave of himself. God is so generous. Uh, he's a generous God. Anyhow, growing in the, in the church I, I, was, I grew up in and for years, they, they defined grace as a, I don't know if they define it this way at Karis, probably not. Where's Jessica? Anyhow, <laughs> they called it, it means the same thing, uh, God's riches at Christ's expense. You know, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. In other words, God is gracious and he's doing pretty good today. It's not a bad day for God. He's not in a recession. Uh, he, he doesn't have inflation. You know, everything's already extremely valuable in heaven, <laughs> extremely costly in heaven. And so God's doing good. And um, it's grace is when you get something from God, the grace of God for you, but paid for by Jesus Christ. So it's not your expense, but it was very expensive. Uh, and it's not something that you just kind of say, well, I'm going to work at it. I'm going to put my effort into it, and then God's going to give it to me. And in verse 7, we find a list of some graces that uh, sometimes you might not consider graces. Therefore, as you bound in everything, well, verse 6 really for 7 to make sense, insomuch that you, we desired Titus, uh, that as he had begun, so he would finish in you the same grace also. What's that? Well, they sent Titus to teach this grace. And uh, so you had to be taught about the grace of giving and receiving, the grace concerning your finances, grace concerning substance. And um, so he said, verse 7, Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us. I can't even love you effectively without the grace of love. Right? Love that was at the cost of Jesus Christ that was poured into my heart so I could pour it into you. You could pour it into me. You could pour it into, you know, not just us, uh, you know, brothers and sisters in the Lord, but you can pour it into people who are far from God. I was just praying for you like last week. Praise the Lord. And uh, 
And so God makes available himself by the blood of Jesus. So as you abound in everything in faith, well, really, thing is not in the original. It's in italics, if you notice that. And if you see something in your Bible in italics, that means uh, whoever translated that version added it so to help, try to help you understand. And sometimes it does help you understand, and other times it kind of trips you up. So if I see something in italics and I'm uh, you know, reading the way I should read, which is really feeding, which means when I read the Word of God, I'm listening for the voice of God. Uh, maybe a better, better way to say it is I'm listening for the heart of God through these words. Like, what are you saying to me? You know, Brother Hagin used to teach us, you'd always should confess, the Bible is God speaking to me. Well, think about that for a second. If you stop and you read the word, like God wrote you this letter personally. Well, if, if, if you really were conscious of that, if you got a letter in the mail this week that was stamped 7777 Heaven Avenue, and it had like a beautiful wax seal on it that said eternity, and you, you know, didn't know the Bible enough to know that that wouldn't happen today, but anyhow, <laughs> and you really believed it was from heaven, and how would you read that letter? Well, think about, um, in some ways, I'm a typical man, guy. So uh, when I met Melody, <laughs> she's trying to think, what's he going to say? <laughs> uh, about a couple months after I met her, some friends of mine came to visit, uh, and they happened to be girls. <laughs> One of them happened to be a girl that I wanted to date. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, I guess I got to talking to her about, you know, this girl that I wanted to date and we were really good friends, me and the, this girl and I, and we would, uh, talk all every day or every other day on the phone when I moved away from the city that I was in and she was there and anyhow, when I went to move away, she, uh, this is going to give away my age, but she, she made me a cassette tape <laughs> of, of music. A cassette tape. Those little tapes, yeah. And so um, on that cassette tape were all these songs, and she had, like, edited them together. You know, I guess two recorders and play recorders, something like that. And um, before digital, you know, it's analog. And so... Um, I had Melody listen to that tape one time, and you know, it was all love songs. <laughs> and I said, I don't know if, if she really liked me. We were just kind of friends, you know. And she's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> You're leaving it. And she gave you this tape? <laughs> so, yeah. so I was listening to that tape like, oh, that's nice. These are some songs she likes, and like it didn't. I mean, the thought might have passed my mind a little bit, but not a lot. I didn't put it all together like they're all love songs. Like, oh, that's interesting. And, uh, but some people read the Bible like that. Some people read the Bible like that, and they're like, oh, like, uh, there's just, oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's there. That's there. But really, like, 
when she would write me a note before we're married, Melody, I would like, I'm looking for any little hint of anything in those words. Well, before I'm getting ready to ask her to marry me or ask her father permission, I'm like trying to like uh, ask little questions and then like I, for the response, I am like parsing those words. I'm like, oh, oh, what did she say? What did she do? Well, if you approach the word of God that way, like a love letter from someone that you are really interested in and that they're really interested in you, do you know how much more you will get out of the word of God? You'd be like, Look, look what he said to me. Look what he said about me. Look what he did for me. Well, it's not all about you. But you can't love other people if you're not first loved by God. Well, you were loved by God. But so how I like to receive, uh, say it is you need to receive the love of God. It's already in you. If you're born again, it's already in your heart. Well, you need to allow that love to be directed towards you. And as soon as you are secure, like you, as soon as you know, it really doesn't matter what happens because I know God loves me. Well, then you are free to show that same love to other people. It's like, you know, Jesus talked about forgiveness. And I always think of the, the, the man that had the debt. And he was, you know, forgiven by his boss. And so what did he do? First thing he did when he was forgiven is he's like, Sandy, you owe me. I was forgiven. I'm not going to tell you that, but you owe me, and I want the money now. Why? Well, he was full of fear. He thought, what's going to happen? But his master forgave him that debt. But then what happened? When he didn't forgive someone else, well, that stopped the flow. That shut up the flow. And so, you know, the reason we can forgive is because we have been forgiven. The reason that we can be generous is because God has been generous with us. And God not only has been, but he is generous. And he has the biggest supply that exists. They say Abraham was the richest man. Okay, but everything he had came from God. In fact, all the riches of the earth can't come from God. You know, God is very generous. God is very generous. And he is generous with those who will receive it. But yet, he actually has it set aside for every single one of us. An abundant supply. I remember uh, years ago from an old recording, um, uh, uh, Dad Hagen was prophesying and uh, said something that just like, every once in a while I just really think about that. That the Lord said in that word that there are such treasures and riches in the earth that have not yet been discovered by man. There's new discoveries, Amen. elements, minerals mm -hmm. that will bless humanity. Amen. 
People think all the resources. Oh, no. The Lord did this thing. <laughs> there are so many resources. I mean, just these asteroids that are flying by the planet sometimes and coming pretty close. They're like, if we could ever figure out a way to harness the minerals that are on those, we would have an unending supply of, uh, I don't remember what they are now, but I think they were like the, um, the ones they make, you know, uh, cars right now. You can't get a lot of new cars because these chips, whatever they use to make those chips. Well, you know, just don't believe the news because they're deceived and they deceive. I mean, because one of these meteors has like more than, I don't remember how many like millennia of supply those dudes have, okay? They can't figure out how to get it down. But then there's a mountain in Texas, just as not a very large mountain in Texas, that has more of these rare earth metals than like all the stuff we're trying to get from China. And they've actually already started to mine the thing. Yeah, if you watch the news, you find out like, oh, this is a huge shortage, this is a big problem, and we're relying on all this. Well, we are, and if uh, we don't pray so that people stop listening and yielding to the devil, you know, it's one of the most pitiful things is that you have the answer on the inside of you to every situation, the power to every situation, yet you don't tap into it. So we got all this, like, uh, natural uh, discoveries. <laughs> these, natural, these natural minerals uh, and these rare earth metals, but if we don't tap into it, you know, hopefully you're not receiving this as political. It's not political, it's just biblical. So there is a resource. So there's natural resources. The Lord said, I desire that you uh, prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I love that verse because God is interested in every part of our lives. But it's even as your soul prospers. Well, you get this part right, your heart right with God, and you get your heart right knowing that God's good. He's good to you. He desires to do good things for you. He's got a plan for you. And you, you just start believing that so much that you actually think it and say it. It changes your mind? Well, you'll start to experience the goodness of God in the land of the living. Don't you love that? In the land of the living. Because the Lord knew that man's flesh is weak. That man's flesh would say, all right, we'll believe there's a God, but let me just tell you what. All of his blessings are not for this life. He's not that good. But when you die, when we all get to heaven, oh, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Well, it will be a day of rejoicing. But man, God will pass over a million people who are crying and begging just to get one, to one person who's believing. Now in this life. So we have resources from heaven that heaven planted here, natural resources, physical, tangible resources in the earth. But we have such spiritual resources that will affect our heart. When your heart's affected, you're like, bring it on. You know how, many, how much vision you get when your heart is in the right place with God? Do you know what a blockade and a blockage you have when your heart is not? Nothing's possible. It's not going to work. 
it's going to fail. But man, your heart's right. You're like, it looks every scientific part of evidence, scientific method, everything says this isn't going to work, this isn't going to work. But you got something in your heart. It's like, oh, it's going to work. It's going to do it. What was it, Thomas Edison? Was he the one that said, uh, you know, he kept having failures in his inventions, and he's like, I just found a thousand ways that it wouldn't work. It just takes one that it does. God is a generous God. Verse 10 of chapter 9, Now he that ministers or gives seed to the sower. Both minister bread for your food. And multiply your seed sown. So, get this. God is so good. He's like, you know, you go a few verses before that. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. But if you sow generously, you reap generously. And he's like, you know what? You don't even have to come up with the seed. I'll give you the seed. And then when you plant that seed, I will multiply it. And I'll give you not only seed to plant, but I'll give you bread to eat, and I'll multiply your seed. Well, that sounds like a pretty good deal, and so many people are like, I don't know about this whole given generosity thing. Well, it's not in the devil's interest who is the God of this world system and money is the main commodity in this world system. Uh, it's not in his interest for you to get in line with those laws of giving and receiving and multiplication because why? The world system authored by the devil and those who serve the devil wants to control every little thing you do and every little thing you have. But if you get out of that world system, there's no telling what you'll do. You might support the gospel. <laughs> You're a danger to the devil. He's not a danger to you. Well, if you believe he is, if you're afraid of him, well, if you're just going to live in the flesh all the days of your life and you're just going to gratify your flesh, well, you better look out. You might have some demons come and abide in your house because those sins of the flesh will open the door to the devil. Somebody say, can a Christian, why am I going here? Can a Christian have a demon? Oh, yeah. Not in your spirit. You have a demon in your flesh. You have a demon dog in your tracks, whispering in your ear all the time. And as soon as they whisper, oh, you go that way, oh, you go that way. Not to be afraid of demons, but you need to be aware of them. And there's a lot of people that are not aware, and they are uh, not possessed. Some people are. But they are almost might as well be because they're controlled. And they think it's them. I got these thoughts of suicide. I'm going to kill myself. I should be dead. I'm just going to take my car. I'm going to head on into somebody else. They think, why do I have those thoughts? Those are my thoughts. Those are not their thoughts. 
Those are from the pit of hell. Those are demonic thoughts. You say, I resist you in the name of Jesus. That is a false way, and I hate every false way. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I walk in the life of God and the freedom of God. I resist you in the name of Jesus. You don't try to, well, you should try to resist that at any point that you recognize it, but the Bible says resist him at his very onset. The first hint (laughs) of anything from the devil you rebuke. Oh, no. I do not receive sickness or disease. It does not belong to me. The Bible says glorify God in my body and my spirit, which are the Lord's, and sickness does not glorify the Lord. So I resist this. I do not receive this little sniffle in the name of Jesus. Rather than like, I'm in bed and I'm overwhelmed. He said, now he that ministers seed to the sower. I don't know, that is just really good. God gives us seed. He gives us seed. If I could just get some seed. If I just had some seed. I can see that planting of the seed is what I need. I need to plant some seed. When I plant the seed and I water the seed, God brings the increase. Right? Neither is he that plants anything or he that waters, but God that gives the increase. So he said, I'll give you a seed. You just plant the seed, and you water the seed, see to it that it's watered, and I will bring you multiplied increase. Wow. There's more where that came from. God gives seed to the sower. So the only thing you really have to do to qualify for seed is sow. You sow the seed. If you sow the seed, he's going to give you seed. More seed. The seed is guaranteed. If you sow it. Like you sow the seed. I don't know if you're getting happy or not, but I am getting happy. (laughs) Wonder if that works with the word. Whoa. How about plant some word? How about plant some word into your children, into your parents, into your coworkers? Say, Lord, I'm planting seed. Here he calls money seed, but over in the parable of the sower, he calls the word seed. How about the more you plant the the seed of the word? Oh, the rhema word, the revelation word. You you, you plant that, and then all of a sudden, God said, "Uh, I'm going to actually multiply your seed sown. I'm going to give seed to the sower. How about instead of being fearful that you give, (laughs) you're going to give the one revelation away that you have. Everybody will know that's all you have. 
Well, the Bible says, actually, we have nothing that we have not already received. So why are you boasting like, look what I have anyhow? The more you give away, the more you get. Okay, just in the natural, just in the natural realm. Some people have a, such a uh, ungodly mindset and a natural mindset and a time-doomed mindset. Time-ruled, temporary mindset. So just in your brain, your physical brain, like the natural way of thinking is, now, if I take this list right here, and I memorize it, I might, and I do that with too many things. If I memorize books of the Bible and I memorize uh, scientific uh, um, formulas and mathematic formulas and I'm just going to be filling up my mind, I need to keep space for other things. So I don't want to try to remember too much because if I remember too much, I'm going to run out of space. I mean, there's limited space to that thing. But you know, it's actually exactly the opposite. The more you exercise your brain, physical brain, mind with your brain, connected, and the more you put in there, the more capacity you actually receive. So the one who's like, I'm going to try not to do all this stuff with my mind, utilize those resources because I want to make sure I have space for the things that are real important, you're actually hindering your own brain. Did you know this? Look it up. This is true. I'm a researcher, so I've researched it before. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. But it's kind of like sowing seed. As you sow that seed, well, the natural mind would think, if I, if I, if I have $100 and I sow $100, let's say I have $1,000 and I sow $100. Well, that means I have $900. Well, even in natural things, natural investments will say, you know, you should get 10 to 12% return over the course of 40 years or 30 years or whatever. So if I sow $100, I don't even know what that would be. Maybe you could tell me. But anyhow, uh, in 40 years at a 10% return, whatever that would be, right? I'm going to get that back. Well, we think that the, the uh, mutual fund managers or the stockbrokers are better than God. God said, I will multiply your seed sown. So you just need some seed to sow. I like that story. It was about six years ago now, probably five years ago. I went to, back to um, Rama, where I graduated for Winter Bible. I'm going again this year. And um, so uh, there were these uh, Rama students and uh, I had a couple hundred dollars in my pocket, hundred dollar bills, and so I said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you with a hundred dollars. And uh, when I was doing it, there was this other friend I could tell, maybe like little puppy dog eyes. Like, you know. <laughs> no, he's just there, and I thought, well, it's really hard. I can give this guy a hundred and not give this guy. So I, I blessed them both with a hundred dollars. And they started, oh, thank you. Praise the Lord. They were real excited, you know. It's kind of a fun, fun time to give when you know like they're, they're barely surviving. <laughs> well, it's good. People give thanks, you know, especially give thanks to the Lord. One of them said to me, 
I said to the Lord, I need seed to sow. And I had no seed to sow. Okay, I just have a cough drop. But he said, uh, these little lifesavers, I think we have them back there. Anyhow, he's like, but all I have was this lifesaver, or a lifesaver. So he said, I put it in the offering. And the Lord just gave me $100. <laughs> Another guy, I think he had like, I don't remember, it was a dollar or something that he sold in the offering. That's all he had. They were both believing God for seed. And look at that. I mean, that one was multiplied for the lifesaver. That's way more than a hundredfold. Now, that doesn't always happen on all of your giving, but it happens sometimes. He didn't say how much he'd multiply. He said, you just multiply. That's more than double. I don't know when the last time you went to school, but more than double. So he said, he the minister seeded the sower, both ministers bread for food, and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. I guess the way I'll finish this offering message is it is a righteous act to give and to sow seed. You are acting righteously. And God said, well, I'll end with verse 8, and God is able to make all grace, every kind of grace, every kind of grace, like the grace of faith, the grace of words, the grace of knowledge, the grace of diligence, the grace of love, the grace of receiving. He's able to make all grace abound toward you. <laughs> that you always having all sufficiency. It means you have all of your needs met in every area to such an extent that you can give to every good work. God's not just barely blessing you. He is more than enough blessing you. It's like he's the El Shaddai or something. How could God bless in any other way if he is the God who is more than enough? Lord, expand our capacity to receive. We receive the seed of your word right now, sown into our hearts. Your word concerning the grace, graces of giving and receiving. The grace of the power of a seed. Father, we thank you for your seed sown into our lives. We thank you that you give seed to the sower and that your supply is unending, and that your blessing makes us rich without sorrow added, that your blessing is generous, that your provision is generous. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You are our God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your plans and your purpose for every, every person here and listening, your specific plan and purpose. For lives, open eyes, open eyes, spiritual eyes, that we see and we know. We're not consumed by wonder, but that we are riveted by your plan and your purpose, your word and the blood of Jesus. That we receive strength. We receive strength 
to follow you. We receive strength to walk with you. Oh, hallelujah, you've made us in your likeness and in your image. You've made us receivers. You've made us, hallelujah, equipped. You have equipped us. Hallelujah. Oh, you're a good God.